How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I got to stand up here. (laughs) Got to do it. Got to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Locker Room. You are with uh, your co-host, Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host, the Honorable Jason Strayhorn, and a festive Wednesday. Jason, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Brian. How are you? I'm fantastic. Got my green on. Everybody's very festive. Happy about the 663. That is the overall win total now for one Tom Izzo. Michigan State being the all-time Big Ten leader, passing Bobby Knight. Exciting stuff. You know, do you think people understand um, what what an amazing milestone that is? You know, I, I, I do. I think when you look at who Bobby Knight, when you, even if you weren't born back then, you, you know the name. I wasn't. Means something historical. Means something great. <laughs> yeah, right. You weren't born. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think you went out drinking with uh, Bobby Knight back in the day on your visit. I just threw chairs. University. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, with guys like that, I mean, he's up there. When you talk about Bobby Knight, from a football perspective, that's like a Joe Paterno. This is Bo Schembechler. These are those iconic names in the Big Ten coaching world that now Tom Izzo sits at the top of. Uh, what what more can you say about a guy? 27 years. Mateen said it best, and I can't wait to talk to him later on in this show, about what, what it means for Tom Izzo to be there, for everybody to be proud. And I think it's an awesome time for Spartans worldwide as Tom Izzo now does become the all-time winningest coach in Big Ten history. You know, I think we're, we've, we're all spoiled. We take them for granted. We expect 20-plus wins. We expect a deep run in the tournament. And, um, you know, there are just things you just – you never know if they're ever going to be repeated. And uh, it's amazing that a legend at our university has taken Michigan State to the next level – and really one of the blue bloods in, in college college basketball. And uh, it's just a great accomplishment. And knowing Coach Izzo, he won't appreciate it, reflect on it until he's all done. But, uh, wow, kudos to him and, and what, a, what a tremendous legacy and program that he's built. And quite frankly, he's only worried about Maryland. I mean, that's the next game, knowing Coach and what he's done. It's absolutely remarkable. And all the young men that he's impacted and how many former players return to, to see him and appreciate all those lessons they learned, all the tough lessons they learned, and how they come back later on and then they thank him for it because he taught them life lessons. And you just you got to marvel at uh, will we ever see another Tom Nizzo at Michigan State again? 
you know, I, I, you look at him right there. There's been times when you've caught him, and definitely after this last game, tearing up. Uh, Tom Izzo is one of those guys. I, I know my grandfather used to say, you know, the very same thing that'll make you laugh will make you cry. Now, now, when you look at Tom Izzo and the fiery passion that he has for the game, you always see him being very, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of uh, gregarious attitude on the sideline. There's a lot of fire with the with the officials and his own players and his own coaches, uh, you know, and, and opposing players, as we talked about on this show. Uh, you, you can't have that without having a deep desire and caring for those same individuals. And I'm talking about a deep love. You know, they're, they're, with those fiery comments and those behavior patterns comes a lot of love. And you see that in Tom Izzo you know, when, you, when you see them hug the players, when they do the iconic kiss the floor at the end. And, you know, who can forget when he's cutting down the ropes in Indianapolis when he won his national championship. God willing, he can win another one of those, Brian. And, you know, Tom Izzo is just an embodiment of what it is to be a true coach and really care deeply about his players. I don't know if they'll make him like that anymore with the way college athletics are going. Uh, it's a, he's, he's one of those iconic guys, one of a, more of a dying breed, if you will, in the way that he conducted himself on the court. But, hey, we still got a lot of meat left on that tire, a lot of meat left on the bone. I think he's got some wins left in him, and we'll see what happens in the Big Ten tournament this year. You know, but it's interesting the way college basketball has progressed and the way this younger generation expects to be treated handled the way you interact with players and you know he's when you watch him on tv he's very demonstrative he gets into players faces um he's very matter of fact about things he doesn't hide his emotions but there's one thing that everybody should pay attention to is that every former player comes back every one of them loves him to death and will defend him to the dying death. And I think that speaks volumes about how much he means to them, how much he's influenced their life. And while in that short snippet on TV, you might watch something, you're like, what is he, you know, what's going on? The love and admiration he has from former players is. I'm not sure you're going to see that going forward in this transactional world that we live in now. And he's got former players, you know, from NBA All-Stars to Hall of Famers to, you know, you name it, that will absolutely die for him. And that speaks volumes to his loyalty, to what he's taught them, to the character. And, you know, will that survive the next generation? I mean, will they think the way you and I think about George Perlis? about Nick Saban, about all the lessons that he taught us. They both taught us. And that'll, you know, time will tell. But I do know one thing, that the former players that have played for him, that NBA, present, past, or whatever, all know that Tom Izzo has been like a father figure and love him to death dearly because they know how much he cares about him and they know how loyal he is and how much he has their back. And sometimes loyalty, having your back, all those things, you know, you can't really measure in the eye of the public, uh, but it's there. It's there, and it's part of the Spartan culture, and, uh, God, we love Coach. We love him to death. Yeah, yeah. Every, 
We all love him. He's definitely uh, speaks. He embodies all those things you just said, Brian. He's a loyal guy. He does things for guys that never get spoken about. He does things for guys, former players, that never get written about. Uh, he, he is just a special human being, a special coach, and everybody who signs up to play with Tom Izzo knows exactly what they're getting. They know. They want to be coached hard. That's what it takes for people. He's not the same in how they respond to pressure. And guys that literally sign up to come to East Lansing to play basketball know that, hey, coach, I want you to hold me accountable. That what you see is what you get on that court. You're going to know the will definitely holds you accountable day in and day out to be a better version of you. He doesn't accept you as who you are for who you are. He looks at you and accepts you for what you can be and does everything to get you there. Uh, and it's a process. So, yeah, you know, Tom Izzo, hats off to you and your family. Congratulations on the 663rd win and looking for a many more in the future for Michigan State basketball. So we played Maryland, and uh, which was very fitting senior day. Uh, I thought it was uh, fitting that that one would uh, he'd capture the uh, the win here at home to become the Big Ten winningest coach in uh, Big Ten history, and to be able to do that on senior day in front of the home crowd, I thought was very special. I thought the kids, uh, the young the young men, showed energy. They came to play. Um, you know, we jumped out to a big start. We kind of gave some of it back, and then we kind of pulled away at the end. You know, obviously, we, you and I both believe that the keys, and as any Izzo team, is, is best led by, by his veterans and seniors. And uh, if we can get that third guy to be able to, uh, to kick in and to make some plays, I think we're going to be – look, this team has a chance to beat anybody or lose anybody. And as Coach said in his, his recent press conference, there's no more my bads. You're one and done. You're one and done in Indy, and then you're going to be one and done in the tourney. And uh, it's uh, it's that time of the year. It's the month of Izzo, and everybody around East Lansing has been pretty spoiled and acclimated to making a deep run, which we we expect. I mean, we expect. We, he's had teams that are, you know, for lack of a better term, worse make a deeper run. He has a lot of talent on this team, and he has a couple seniors and veterans and, and Hauser and Brown and um, um, Bingham Jr. that so goes this team, so goes the tournament chances. And, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens because in a one-and-done environment, as Coach always said, you get me the first win, I, I'll get you ready for the second. Speaking of those scenes you talked about right there, let's let's move on into that. Let's, let's talk about those guys. You know, those it was senior day. Those guys were able to go out with their parents and kiss the floor. Brian, what do you think about them in the you know in the COVID era? Those guys have the ability to come back for more playing time, right? What do you think about those chances? I mean, look, senior day is one of the all-time great traditions in all of basketball. Started by Sean Rosbert, and 
it's just great to see that. I would love to see some of them back, really all three of them back, you know, in this COVID era. I think, um, you know, Joey Hauser would be a great addition to keep. I'd love Marcus Bingham Jr. to come back. Uh, I'd love Gabe Brown to come back. I'm not sure how many of them will. I just think, uh, you know, if they're coming out for senior day, kissing the court, I'm not sure how many of them will actually come back. But I think the tradition of it and the way that uh, the way that it was set with, from Sean Resper on to Mateen, Mateen, who will join us later, is one of the all-time great traditions in all of college basketball. And so it's just something that we're going to see unfold, and we'll see how that falls. I know we got two scholarships left to give out. I know that we're looking at a couple kids in a portal. I know we got a couple kids coming in. And so we'll see how that progresses. But when you go back and you look at Izzo's accomplishments, right, when you talk about uh, what Coach has done over his 27 years, I don't know if we have that graphic. It's, it's actually remarkable. I mean, he's won a national championship. He's been a runner-up. He's had, uh, what is it, 34 straight Every year he's been on, is that 34 or 24? I can't read this graph. 24 straight. It says 34, he, but this is for the whole, this is this is like Big Ten history for Michigan State. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's you know, had, every year he's been, he's had like 24, I believe, NCAA tournament appearances. He's had, uh, this is total Michigan State. He's had eight Final Fours. He's had many Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteens and multiple Big Ten championship tournaments and and, and and Big Ten outright championships. And, you know, the whole narrative when I hear Israel's washed up, I crack up because in 19, he won a Big Ten title, went to the Final Four. And in 2020, they, were, they won the Big Ten title, and he was poised to make a run before COVID. 18 won a Big Ten championship. So this narrative that Izzo was washed up just cracks me up. It just absolutely cracks me up. He has the goods. He knows what it takes. And I have never met a coach more maniacal, more relentless, more matter-of-fact, just absolutely obsessed with, with getting this thing right. So when the month of March rolls around, do not count Tom Izzo out. Not at all. You, you just can't. You can't. And everybody likes to say that, you know, I know he won the national title in 2020, 20, 2000, excuse me. There are some that say if, uh, you know, Cassius Winston and that crew weren't held back by COVID, they were on a hot streak and probably could have won it and should have won it in 2020. Uh, but unfortunately, those guys didn't even get a chance to play a game in the tournament after uh, losing uh, in the Final Four, I believe, in 2019. So, yeah, th- this is a, a guy who has had recent success, not – prehistoric success, very recent success in Tom Izzo, and now it's just reloading. He has a lot of talent on this team, and leadership is just now starting to gel. Uh, as you said, I think the seniors that we named, you talk about Hauser and Gay Brown and, 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 and uh, Bingham Jr., those guys are just now starting to come into their own. If you could have them for one more season, I just don't see the, the harm in that. He has a casual and an internal fan, Michigan State, I think that that would serve the program very, very good to have those guys come back and, and play one more time 
uh, under the tutelage of, uh, of Tom Izzo and fill up the rest of those roster spots and continue to improve from here on. But how we many, got a big march to, to talk about. How many of those guys do you see coming back, Jason? What do your sources tell you? Anybody? Do you have any inside information you know, for no, us? No, 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 no inside information today, but from what I, what I can see just personally, I think they all, they all should. Why not? What's the problem? You know, Gabe Brown's a guy that, you know, may want to try to sniff the NBA, but he's not ready. Let's be honest about it. He's not ready for the NBA. Bingham is a guy who's got the ability. He's got the link, but they want to see him get stronger. They do. They want to see him be able to bang down low. I mean, he loves the jump shot on the outside perimeter, which is what the big men do nowadays in the NBA game. But when you've seen him go against that elite talent in the Big Ten, which does have a lot of uh, big players, big-time players that are going to be drafted in the first round in that low post position. He, he, he struggled a little bit, you know, especially on the defensive end. So it would serve him better to come back and not get buried in the draft, being drafted 58th or something like that in the draft, to come back and improve his game, work on his body some more, to gain weight. He's just starting to get on that lineman program. He's getting off of the Musala program, getting on the straight one program, and he'll, he'll get there, put on that weight that he needs to, and he'll be able to perform in Big Ten play like he needs to and have a chance to be drafted and, and provide for his family. Oh, there's no question. If he gets on that straight home program, he'll be 380 by next year. He'll be just fine. No question. He'll be able to take on uh, Ivan Drago over at Purdue, uh, Edie, and uh, Drago. I mean, he's a he's a he's a cross between Yao Ming and um, uh, who was the other guy? Yeah, Ivan Drago. Is that what you said? Ivan Drago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those two. Yeah. Oh, they listen, if he gets on a straight home program, idea. he'll be playing for Mel. We need a we need a right tackle. So, uh, but there's no question. I mean, look, it all depends. Do you want another year in the program? Do you want to um, perfect your game? Do you think you're ready to go to the league? Are you, you know, are you ready to go play overseas? It, it just really all depends on how much you want to you know, develop as a person. But I think uh, the pieces are there to make a run. When you look at next year, you got both your guards coming back. You got a lot of talent, coming, just about everybody coming back. You you know, if you if you lose uh, Bingham, you probably got to find a five in the portal, maybe a freshman. Um, you need some guy underneath because I think we've struggled uh, defensively underneath when we played a big guy, played somebody, um, you know, in the five position. And so if we can get somebody over there that Joey Hauser is in guarding, uh, you know, we, 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 can, we can do some damage. But uh, we've got two scholarships open. There's a lot of talent on this team. Some will argue we're a year away. We've heard that 100 times, though. We heard that in 15. We heard that in 2010. And you just never know within, a, within his own team. I mean, you never know. You know, are they poised to make a run? Time will tell. Absolutely, time will tell. So when you look at the Big Ten bracket, look at the Big Ten bracket. We open up Thursday night with Maryland at 6.30, who we've beaten twice. And the old cliche goes that uh, it's very hard to beat a team three times in a row. Um, the whole The old what goes? The old cliche goes well, to beat a go. team gotcha. three times. Okay. Yeah, to beat a three, two, three times, which I think we can. I think we match up well against uh, Wisconsin and then um, play, I'm sorry, Maryland. 
and then we play Wisconsin if we win. Listen, there's nobody that's unbeatable. There's nobody we can't beat, and there's nobody that can't beat us. So if you're going to ask me, it's a toss-up. Toss up. You know, who we don't match up well against, basketball is all about matchups. I don't necessarily know if we match up well against Purdue or Illinois when they have big men in the middle, um, but this team is talented. Just beat Purdue a couple of weeks ago. We can beat them. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely can beat them. Just beat just beat him a couple of weeks ago, and you're right. You know, Coburn down. It's a collision course for for Illinois if they if they make it out of the other uh, bracket. But definitely a, a very attainable Big Ten championship bracket for Michigan State if they come in with the right mindset. You know, we beat Wisconsin. We've beaten Purdue. We've had some struggles with Illinois, but it's one at a time. You never know. So if you're going to ask me about this Big Ten tourney, quite frankly, it's up for grabs. It's absolutely up for grabs. And if I have to push all my chips in in a one-and-done environment, I'm taking a guy that's hung eight banners and he's Lansing. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, nobody's better at being able to prepare with little to no time of preparation after you, like you said, survive in advance mode. Than Tom Izzo, there's no. It's unquestionable. Tom Izzo's that guy when it comes to survive in advance mode in tournament action. So is any coaching side's done. Oh yeah, he's that guy. Absolutely, he knows, he knows how to prepare. So no doubt about it. You get the six thirty game against Maryland, and if you win, you play the six thirty game on a Friday. You got a twenty two hour turnaround. Who would you rather have prepare you? Than Tom Izzo. Yeah, no one. No. No one. Nobody. Now, the question becomes is is there enough leaders on this team? Enough alpha dogs? Are the uh, upperclassmen going to take a leadership role? Because, quite frankly, as Gabe Brown goes, so does this team. And then, you know, A.J. Hokart is a wild card. If A.J plays with that dog and that intensity, we're a tough team to beat. We're a tough team to beat. And it's, this is the best time of the year. And a one-and-done neutral court, it's where a coach flourishes. It's where the, the program flourishes. And uh, should be fun. We'll see, right? Can't wait, man. I mean, I, I'm tired of us talking about this thing. We need to bring on a pro. It, it, it absolutely absolutely is uh is exciting and uh we're excited to go are you going to indy jason no i'm not gonna be in indy you, hometown to, but uh yeah i know i'd love to be there from my, my hometown Indianapolis is a special place for me not only the, the, the basketball obviously i'm from there but that's also the site where michigan state won a national title in basketball we've had several final fours there it's a great, it's a great town, but unfortunately, not going to be able to make it. You know, family obligations elsewhere. Were you at that national title game? I was not. That's horrible. You were not. I was in Florida. I was there. I was there when we lost the Butler. Were you sober? Huh? You went to the national championship game. I did. Did you ask I me said, if I was sober? sober? Oh yeah, I don't yes. drink. 
Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I love that. That's a beautiful I, answer, Brian. I was there at the 2010 game when we lost to Butler. I was there in the 2014 game when we beat Michigan in the Big Ten tourney, which in my opinion was one of the best games we've ever been to because we lost twice to them. Then we finally got healthy. I went to the Big Ten tournament and kicked their ass. Uh, I was there. I was there. I was there a few times. I know Indy like the back of my hand. Probably better than you do. <laughs> right. You know. You might you might know downtown Indy better than me, but you don't know Indianapolis better than me, brother. No way. Two, no way. Two, That's how two Big Ten football championships. Huh? <laughs> two Big Ten football championships. I know I know Dearborn, but I don't know better than you, brother. Better. <laughs> Switching gears real quick. <laughs> Mel Tucker in the portal. Landing. That's right. Uh, big offensive lineman. Got him an old lineman. Washington State. What's his name, Jason? Brian Green. Brian Number Green. 50. Huge 50. pickup in the portal. Huge pickup. Washington State. Yep. Snatching Washington State. Up out of there, one of them Cougars. Bring him Need. on over here to East Lansing. They want to come here and get that natty. That's what he want to do. You know, you when know, you look at the... I don't think it hurts having guys like uh, Brian Allen, you know, that's going to be around, you know, showing them the ropes. Oh, yeah. Brian Green saw him in the Super Our Bowl and said, said, hey, I can, yeah, I, you know, I can end up in the Super Bowl like uh, like Brian Allen did, or I can end up on the streets like Ryan Leaf did. And so, <laughs> you know, just sources tell me that was Ryan his philosophy. Lee. That, that was his... <laughs> yeah, Ryan Leaf, yeah. Ryan Allen or Ryan Leaf. Yeah, that's what I heard. He that's Ryan what I heard. He doesn't, know even, he doesn't know who Ryan Leaf is. What's, I'm, he raised him from Cougar lore. He doesn't exist anymore over there. Look, I'm just telling you what I heard. And then Mike Leach <laughs> left a bad taste in his mouth. And so he figured, I'm going to come all the way from... Is that Pullman? Where's Washington State? Yeah, Pullman, yeah. yeah coming over. Coming over, over to East Lansing. And when you look at the offensive line, you got uh, Horse, that left tackle. You got uh, Duplain, Samak, maybe Brian Green bumps one of those guys over to right guard. Probably got uh, Spencer Brown maybe playing right tackle. Yeah. And the, the front around. five is shaping up to be pretty decent. The question becomes is the depth on the O-line and what happens if uh, somebody tweaks an ankle or gets hurt. Because uh, you know the second the, the 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 kids young men behind them, there's not much playing experience. But you know sometimes I think playing experience is overrated. Put them in there, it's football. Get them dressed, get them ready to go. And uh, by all accounts, I believe many within the organization say we have we have the talent to get some road graders, road some guys out there, but. You know, you and I both know when you look at the 13, 14, 15 team, a lot of that predicated on the offensive line and being able to third and two, third and three, get that first down in a hostile environment. It's all about the O-line up front. You went up front, you got to protect Peyton, then you got that one-two punch in the backfield with uh, Broussard and Berger, then you got other backs that can help as well. You know, K-9's a generational player. He's a once-in-a-generation. I mean, we're not 
It's not every day we're going to have a, a Walter Camp uh, Walter Camp finalist, Walter Camp winner. 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 And uh, what's the other award he won? Doak Walker. Doak yeah, Walker. Yeah, I'll tell you. I don't know yeah, when. It, 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 it ran that 4-3-8, too, in the comments, wow. by the way. Wow. It's that 4-3-8. Think so, about that. You know, our eyes weren't lying to us. The digital clock told you what it was. 4 3 think, think about that. Fast. We had a Doak That's Walker. Fast. Doak Walker and a Walter Camp winner in East Lansing out of the portal. Think about that. That is quite remarkable. Then You're going to see a lot of that. Say it again. You're going to see a lot of that, in my opinion. You're going to see a lot of guys moving around and flourishing at their new spot. We're going to see that. Before, transfers were looked at as people who couldn't hack it, were, I don't know, they were, they were second rate, if you will. Now it's it's free agency, and embracing it like Mel Tucker is doing is the way to go in this environment. This, this is no longer in the, now. Let, let's let's keep this straight. There are guys who there are casualties in this portal era. There are guys who leave for no reason that shouldn't leave, and they're not going to go to a comparable school. They're they're not going to get picked up. There's a ton of guys stuck. They won't get out. And the COVID, uh, guys, the, the fact that there's more people that aren't graduating are hurting the guys who are going in the portal without a plan. They're, they're hurting their chances. So, so you have to sift through some of that. But as we get through this in time, you will see the portal being used as a tool. There will be less high school players taken. There'll be more portal guys moving around, especially in the Power Five era, um, those conferences, to to cherry pick guys who are ready-made players that will fit within a program and within a scheme specifically, and they are already mature. They've already aged. They've already had a couple of years under their belt of college football, basketball, or whatever they play, and it's a plug-and-play situation, and you can win now. You no longer have to wait three, four, five years to get good, as you've seen with Michigan State football. Mel Tucker was able to turn around a team that won two games into 11 games inside of 12 months. The way that Mel's running this is like an NFL program. Saeed Khalif has a title GM, director, or player personnel, and he's treating the signing class as a draft, and he's treating the portal as a NFL free agency. And you're seeing what he's doing. His formula is, uh, you know, plugging the Band-Aids, plugging immediate needs with Portal, and then building the organization with the high school draft picks. I'm sorry, high school recruits. And so uh, that formula is going to work at Michigan State, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Switching gears before we jump into Mateen. Um, Desmond Howard. We should kind of mention Desmond Howard. Desmond wow. Howard stuck behind that blue wall. Chris Fowler tweets out the colors of uh, Ukraine, the country of Ukraine, who, as we all know, has been invaded by Russia. 
Russia. And uh, here's Desmond's response. Go blue. What do we chalk that up to? Do we chalk that up to as um, Michigan arrogance? Not understanding, you know, world events? Or I don't even know what to tell you. I don't think it. I'm, I don't. Jason, do you have thoughts on that? No, 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 no thoughts. Those aren't worth my words. Uh, to be quite honest, that that's. Come on, man. He deleted the tweet. He deleted the tweet. But Desmond, Desmond, you know we're what? We're talking life and death, literally. We're talking life and death. We're talking about an invasion of a country. We're talking. We're showing solidarity with a tweet from Chris Fowler, one of your colleagues, and you're tweeting, go blue. Really? Can you be more tone deaf? Tone deaf's polite. Tone deaf's polite. But that's been just so you know, Russia invaded Ukraine, and the whole world is showing solidarity with the country of Ukraine. And while you might think it's centered around... Ann Arbor and, and the, the, the universe is centered around Ann Arbor. That tweet was actually in reference and, and showing solidarity with the country of Ukraine. So we just want to clarify that. But when you sent that tweet out, I didn't say anything. I just went. That's all I did. That's all I have for you. On to the next topic. On to the next topic. Can we get Mateen on? We can because we have a a legend joining us. One of only two in Michigan State history to win a national championship. The the player that Tom Izzo credits with changing the whole trajectory of the program and bringing in Mateen, which brought in the Flintstones, and really set this program off and really to the next stratosphere. So when you see 27-year-laters uh, of uh, Tom Izzo highlights and all his wins and accomplishments, it all started with one guy. And he's joined us today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one of the all-time greats, Mateen Cleaves. How are you, Mateen? <laughs> What's up, fellas, man? You know, hey, you know what me, man. Every day is a good day, man. So uh, life is great, and um, I'm super excited to be on here with you guys. I mean, you know, I look at both of you just like big brothers, man, my big brother. So I'm excited to come on the show, man, and, and, and talk, talk, just talk it up, baby. You know, just hey, kick it, man. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to kick it. So, <laughs> you know, give us... Give us your take on uh, first on this year's team. What what are you, what are you feeling? Uh, uh, I mean, to be honest, they, they've been inconsistent, and I mean, coaches will say that. Um, but I, I do think they have the tools um, to make a push. You know, we 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 tend to like to you know make a push in March, and and, and I think that the team uh, have the tools to do it. It's just it's just going to have to come together, man. They're going to have to come together and do it together. They don't have um, 
you know, an, an elite talent person. And that's no knock um, to the kids that's there. They just going to have to get it done by committee. You know, a few years ago, you know, every now and then you, you can have some great talent, uh, you know, at Miles Bridges and, you know, Draymond and also all the great play, even going back to Steve Smith and Sean Resperday. I mean, you had great players that could carry you, you know, carry us in a tournament game or two. But I don't think that's it for this team. We're going to have to get it done by committee. And I think if they buy into that, um, that method, then uh, they, they, they can make a, a good push at it in March. Yeah, Mateen, you know, we everybody likes to talk about the point guard play under a Tom Izzo-led team. And that, you know, point guard play, the leadership of the point guard, very important to the success of a team. And when you look at the guys who are playing in the backcourt uh, for, for Michigan State right now, and I, I think I've seen you at basketball games, and you can hear you, you can hear yourself, I can hear you yelling as they're coming down the court, telling them what to say, you know, like what kind of sets, you know, what kind of energy you need to inject in the rest of the team. What is it that you think maybe this team is doing good or, or what they – are lacking in that area for leadership's sake as far as a point guard and those kind of is concerned. Yeah, I you know, I, I like our point guards. Uh, I like their ability. I like, um, you know, they bring, they both kind of bring something different um, to the table. But uh, I, I, you know me, I, I, I could be very critical uh, of point guards, of quarterbacks, because they got to be your leaders. And if you're your point guard is your best leader or your quarterback is your best leader, then you got a chance to do something special. And uh, if it's anything uh, I think they could get better at, our point guards, is the leadership, you know, is um, bringing somebody else to the party, um, you know, not being afraid to offend your friend. You know, it's about, you know, getting wins. And at the end of the day, you know, we need leadership, and our teams at Michigan State have always had success when we had someone step up and take the leadership role. And um, I think that's something that uh, we definitely need uh, heading here uh, in the Big Ten, uh, heading to the Big Ten tournament. Again, we're joined by. Uh, what, what do you think holds guys back? Yeah, I mean, t- what holds guys back from being that guy? You know, because like you know, you you were that guy, but you don't see many guys do it. What do you think it is in their mind that holds a guy back? You know, I, I, it ain't easy. You know, some of us made it look easy, but uh, it ain't as easy. And uh, for me, it, it was kind of, that's what I was about. I think that was my calling card. That's what made me, especially I think a lot of people forgot, you know, when I came out of high school, I broke my back. So I was never the athlete um, that I was, you know, you know, coming out of high school. Uh, so I know as far as leadership, that had to be my calling card. That was something I was definitely going to bring to the table. Um, so that's something that I took pride in. Uh, whether I made shots, missed shots, uh, played good, played bad, uh, that was my thing was to lead. And that was – it actually started at home with my mother and father holding me highly accountable. Um, and then, you know, go, going to high school and, and starting as a quarterback on a varsity as a freshman. Uh, starting point guard, you know, on on a team uh, that was one of the top teams in the state of Michigan, you know, as a freshman. And both of my coaches, my football coach and basketball coach, held me highly accountable for as leading, you know. And it, it was an adjustment for me at first because I was having to lead guys that was older than me and guys that I, led, I looked up to. 
But um, it started with mom and dad. But then when I got, you know, to high school, my both of my coaches, football and basketball, you know, if, that was the thing. They told me if I, if I, if I wasn't going to lead the team, then uh, they were not going to play me. So, you know, Mateen, obviously you're one of the all-time great leaders because what you've done and the way you change the trajectory of this program is pretty special. You know, can you teach leadership or is it ingrained in you? Oh, man. Uh, well, let me answer. And I'm glad, man, because this is the second time you said that uh, as far as, you know, I was one of the you know, people that helped take this program to where it is because I think sometimes people forget, you know, and, and when I was being recruited by Michigan State, it wasn't the 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 the, the sexy pick. You know, a lot of, you know, people of my stature, guys that was coming out ranked in the top 10 in the country, wasn't even considering Michigan State back then. And, um, you know, I, I, I was always growing, I always grew up as a Michigan State fan. But, um, you know, to, a- to answer your question, you know, I think it can be taught. I, I used to be one of those people saying, well, you have to be a born leader. Uh, you know, I was taught how to lead. I grew up, I was a very introverted kid. And my mother and father mm-hmm. would always tell me, you know, walk with your head up, stick your chest out, speak to people when you see them. Um, so my mother and father kind of helped get me, get me out of that shell. And then once I got to high school, uh, my high school coaches, both football and basketball, really brought it out of me. So I really do think you can be taught. Now, there'll be people that's better than others, and it'll come a little more natural for others. But I do think uh, leadership can be taught. You hear that, moms and dads? Hold your kids accountable. That's what it's about. Coaches, don't be afraid to coach your players hard because you can – groom next year's leaders, tomorrow's leaders. This is a very important thing. I mean, for somebody like you to say this routine means everything, I think, to somebody who's watching, somebody who may listen to this in the future that, you know, driving, looking at their iPad or whatever it is, they can hear those words, and it means a lot because you're not necessarily born that way. I, I, I totally agree with you there. You know, there's some guys who have more of a ability than others, but man, it, it, sometimes it's it's hard to walk with your chest out and shake people's hands and look them in the eye when you're a kid. I, I'm dealing with that with my own sons right now. You know, same thing with I'm sure you and your own son, Mateen, Brian. You have your son, daughters. Everybody. It's it's something that you have to like force and have a committed effort in order to raise a leader in your household. It can be done at home. It doesn't have to be done. You don't have to wait till you get the time Izzo in order to be a good oh, leader. Just want that to be. Yeah, honest. man. And let me sneak in on that. I'm glad you said that, Stray, um, because I have a 12-year-old son right now, and I am on him about leadership. And and, and to be honest, skill-wise, my son is better than I was at 12 because mm-hmm. I've been kind of mm-hmm. grooming him from the, the, the day he was born. But as far as leadership and all intangibles uh, that help take my career to the next level, I'm really strict on him about that. I have a uh, a zero tolerance for feeling sorry for yourself. I don't let that happen, whether it's school, <laughs> whether it's sports. I have a zero tolerance for that. And I get on my son about, you know, if somebody made a good play on his team and he didn't tell him good shot or if somebody fall on the ground and he didn't help him up or if it's a kid that's not as talented, 
Um, is he doing everything in his power to make sure that they understand what's going on on the floor? Or is he going out of his, out of his way to make them better? I applaud things like that. I applaud when he speak to people, when he look people in their eye. Those are the things that I applaud, not if he can score 20 or 30 points in the game. I, I'm not worried about that stuff because sports will be one thing, but when you learn a certain intangibles as far as leadership and integrity and work ethic and a lot of those things that we all have and we learn um, through our process, those things will help you not only in sports, but they'll help you in life. You know, you made a comment to me once. You said you told me about how complicated the Izzo's offense is to learn and that it takes a point guard two, two and a half years to learn. And I don't think most people understand that. Can you, like, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, uh, and, and once again, I mean, give credit to my high school coaches because I was very well versed uh, on how to play the game the right way before I even got to Michigan State. And it got enhanced once I got there. But that offense, man, it's different. You know, we, when I was there, man, we ran so many plays. And as a point guard, it's your job, just like a quarterback on the football field, you have to know where every guy on that court needs to be. Or, uh, you know, where you not only know what you need to do, but you need to know what the four other guys on the court uh, need to do. So, and, and, and at Michigan State, you're held highly accountable to do so. <laughs> you know, Coach Izzo, he didn't care that I was a freshman, that I was hurt, you know, coming off a broken back. Um, he was, I, I never understood why if I passed to a guy and he missed a shot, it was my fault. <laughs> that, it took me a while to understand that. But he, he, he said, you have to know your players. You have to do a better job of knowing who can do what and who can't do this and that's how I really learned. That's when my leadership level started to really take it, go up a notch. Because, okay, I say, okay, it's on me to make the people better. You know, so I shouldn't put a guy uh, that can't shoot three-pointers, I shouldn't throw him the ball with two seconds on the shot clock at the three-point line and expect him to make that shot. Hmm. You know, I have to do a better job of making the game easier for the people around me. So, um, Coach Izzo, he, he, he rode me, man, he, and, and he'll ride you. Uh, especially your Does he really? or a point guard. Oh, he rolled I, me, man. I, I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> I, can't tell. I think that's why he loved me so much. You know, he, my freshman year, you know, even he didn't give me no excuses from coming off injuries, and uh, he, he he challenged me big time. But once you pass the test, man, you, I mean, you're good. And even with me, I never took it personal because I was held highly accountable in my household. I was held highly accountable by my high school coaches. So, um, I just knew that was just a sign of somebody showing that they love you and they want the best for you. So that's how I took it. Yeah, Speak, speaking about that right there, and you talk yeah. about today's generation and how it, it, everybody knows it, the millennials, Generation Y, all this, that, that they're getting a little, there's no other term for it, softer. And the hard <laughs> coach, people ask that question like, hey, look, is the hard style of Tom Izzo going to be, you know, good for the, the game now and as it continues to progress and evolve into the future? What do you think about today's player, the young players, even in your son, my son's age, that 12 to, you know, 16-year-old range? What do you think about the makeup psychologically of those guys and, and girls and the style that Tom Izzo has? And will those ever come together? I, I – 
you're right. I do think um, that they can be soft. I, I, I do believe that. Um, but I do think it can work. You know, Coach Izzo, he, he's one of those people, and, and, and this one thing people really got to understand. Why do they think kids keep coming to play at Michigan State if he is such a bad guy? Come on. Like, he is actually the best guy, you know, one of the best people you ever meet in your life. And he's we allow him to hold us accountable because we know he care about us. That's his secret sauce. He genuinely care about us more than it's bigger than basketball. And people don't see the times that he have his arm around you when the cameras ain't on and or you can just go in his office and talk to him about anything. So I, I, I love the fact that he's holding continuously holding kids accountable. Uh, I think it helped every each and last player. I mean, every uh, player that played for him, it helped us. You know, but uh, I, I think it can work, but it starts at home. I think these parents are really short uh, changing their kids by not holding them accountable. That by blaming everybody else and, and giving these kids a scapegoat, you know, letting them quit if they don't like, uh, if they're not starting or, you know, what I'm seeing now in AAU is, you know, one father don't think his son is playing enough, so he just go start a whole nother AAU team and let his son take all the shots or, you know, get all the playing time and just cater to his kid. And I, I see it, and I just really think it's hurting in the long run. I see it all the time in AAU and these coaches that's, you know, sometimes coaching uh, just to win trophies instead of coaching these kids and holding them accountable and, and just trying to train them so when they do get to high school that they're kind of equipped and they're ready um, to, 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 to make a run in, in, in high school and they, know, and they know what's really going on out there. But uh, I, I think it starts in the household with your parents. Um, but I do think um, Coach Izzo still is a valuable coach and can continue to be valued to this new generation. It's other coaches out there that scream and hold their kids accountable, but they don't make so much big of a fuss of it uh, because they're not Tom Izzo. But, um, I, I, hey, listen, change and we ain't gonna let him change that's what make michigan state basketball what it is that's why he's been to i think 27 uh tournament appearances and you know all of the, the accomplishments he had it's that that's why he's so consistent because he hasn't transformed and tried to do what everybody else is doing because what tom Mizzo is doing that's what make him great you know it's funny you say that because i was telling jason the other day i don't think the kid just, the kid has changed as much as the parent when there was a snow day in school, I used to get beat up for being lazy because I was happy. And now when there's a snow day for my kids, I'm happy for them. And I'm getting them out of stuff. And I'm making excuses for them. My parents never did. Teacher was always right. Coach was always right. And it's, I will argue that it's not as much as the kid as much as it is the parent that is changing. And, and when you see kids acting more entitled, that starts at home. That absolutely starts at home. Mm-hmm. But because the parents are changing and because kids expect to be treated differently, it's, you know, because I see all the former players coming back, they, how much they love coach. We all love coach. I see him crying. I see his emotion. I see how much he loves all his former players. I see how loyal he is. You can't teach loyalty. And are we losing that? 
Are we losing that and are we making this more transactional? And I think when, when we see somebody like you come on and we see other players uh, defend coach after his whatever, that dust up he had with Aaron Henry a couple of years ago, all of his former players, like you're absolutely right. It starts at home. Tell us how much you love coaches, though. That's what I want to know. Because uh, I yeah, love man, him, too. I, I, <laughs> I love yeah, him. Yeah, man. I, I, and, and like you said, it, it started at home, man. And, and, and um, my parents, man, I, I never forget. I would come home from scoring God rest your mom's points. soul. Man. Oh, yeah, thank you. That was my baby. I would come home yeah. from scoring 25 points on national TV, and she would hug me and make me take the garbage out. You know, it was like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it was things like that that kept me grounded, man. And um, that's why I keep ranting and raving about my, my mother and father because I would, before I even got to Michigan State, I was wired a certain way uh, because of them and other great coaches and mentors that I had before I got to Michigan State. But uh, Coach Izzo, man, I, I love, I love, 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 love this dude to death, man. I, 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 to I death. can just remember when he, to death, man. I, I remember when he recruited me. And I bought into Coach Izzo. See, that, and that's why I say people forget, like, back in 1996, Michigan State wasn't the choice, like, the sexy choice. People wonder why I even had them in my top five schools. They did, you know. And, but people keep saying, you know, why was it? And true enough, I grew up liking Michigan State, but it was Coach Izzo. I fell in love with Coach Izzo. I fell in love with the person. That's who, that's who got me to come to Michigan State, the person. Um, who was 10 times better than a coach. And I'm telling you, man, he recruited the heck out of me. I mean, he was at every basketball game, every football game, every football practice, basketball. Every time I looked around, Coach Izzo was there, man. He recruited the heck out of me. So it was hard to tell him no, man. But he meant so much to me in my life. Um, and I, I get agitated uh, and pissed off when people say certain things about Coach Izzo because they just don't know him. Like, the dude is a better, 10 times better person than he is a coach. I agree. That's saying a lot because he's a heck of a coach. But um, he meant a lot in my mm. life, man. We, we, we took that program, man, and, and to, it was two people. And I'm going to say this, honestly. It was two people back in 1996 that genuinely really believed that Michigan State one day would win a national championship. It was two people. It was me and Coach Izzo. Simple. And, and we rolled together, man. And, um, I mean, he wow. challenged me and held me highly accountable, man. But it, it definitely is what made me uh, who I am today, not only in sports, but the person I am and on top of my parents and, um, you know, able to step outside of basketball and still have success. Yeah, a lot of that was just from my parents and Coach Izzo. I get, I get goosebumps thinking yeah, about I remember. I, yeah, man. it's awesome. I, I can remember – the team being recruited because I was already at Michigan State. I think I'm two years ahead of you. And I can remember how serious that was, that recruiting battle for you. Like, it, it really changed the, the tide of the program in a big way. I mean, everybody, it was, you were, you was ground zero. Flint, we got to get Mateen. The whole world wanted Mateen because you meant that much to the, the future of basketball. And Tom Izzo was right. He was absolutely right about getting you. Now, I'm going to ask you a tough question about the coach. Because this is something that, you know, people are, are talking about. When you look at what's going on in the football program at Michigan State and Mel Tucker, he's come in and he's embraced this new, not only the, 
the transfer portal, the NIL, the, the name, image, likeness. It's, it's a new age in college athletics. The amateurism is not what it was. You, it's almost becoming a minor league. It's a, it's a professional kind of a league when you think about how Mel Tucker is conducting business, able to go from two wins to 11 wins by getting 47 new players on the team overnight, basically. Going into that transfer portal, now name, image, likeness being a part of the game. And I know Coach, in private discussions, has been very, and public, has been very resistant to that. Do you think there's any way for Tom Izzo to embrace this new culture, or will he stay the same Tom Izzo that he was? It just, you know, I, this is one thing that I know. He always, every time I see him, he says, man, Nick Saban's my guy. He always talks about Nick Saban. And the one thing about Nick that he's been able to do, now he's a tough Adapt. Ass Nick was tough. He has been able to adapt. Yes. He has been able to adapt over time and change his offensive, defensive philosophy. He's been able to embrace the new culture of transfer portal and NIL and like no other. And this is a guy who just turned 70 years old on Halloween. So he's not a spring chicken. And he's still winning. Do you think this is something that can be done with Coach Izzo, or is he going to be stuck in his ways? Nah, I, I think he'll adapt. Uh, and, and, and he'll be open and honest. Certain things he don't like. But he, he understands, you know, to stay to even the playing field, he's going to have to adapt. And, I mean, he's done that. I mean, there was times where uh, he wouldn't recruit the one-and-done type players. He went after Miles Bridges. He went after Jaron Jackson, uh, a few other guys. Like, he'll, he'll adapt. You know, he's old school. Uh, and and, and I, you, you got to keep a little bit of that. But I, I think he understands that the game is changing. And the rules are changing. And um, to stay afloat and to continue to compete uh, with some of these other top programs, uh, he's going to have to adapt. So he's smart enough. Enough, and that's why that's one thing about Coach Izzo. Even if he don't like it, I remember he hated uh, Twitter and you know all those social media platforms. Mateen, you, Mateen, you got to put his arm around him. You got to like sit him down. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna ask you. you Come on, man. We're gonna, you we're gonna have a meeting. We got nil. We got portal. We got social it. media. Hey, Coach. Coach, come on, man. Come on, brother. You got to adapt or die. On, He's got to do that. Come on. Come on. We got to take more. More than one in the portal. Shit's change. You got to, like, put your arm around him and sit him down and say, Coach, we're going to bring home that second natty. It's going to change around here. You know, NIL, portal, social media, this new generation of kid. It's over. Social media, that's dead. I don't think it's over. We're gonna get him. A, go you're gonna get him a Twitter handle. We're gonna get him on yeah. IG, and we're gonna get him involved he's because to, like, monitor that himself. he's got a dad. <laughs> I got one more question for you, Mateen. Okay. Matt Ishbia's a brother, and oh, man. he's family to all of us. Sources oh, yeah. who speak on the condition of anonymity, who do not want to reveal themselves, says every day. He's becoming more and more like Tom Izzo. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, Matt? Man, Matt, uh, it's funny. He, 
Matt is so is, is smart. It's brilliant, first of all. And we know that. Think, he's got yeah, a couple he's B's. Taking, he's got a couple zeros behind his name. We know 100%, that. 100%, man. And he's taking, I think, uh, a piece of, you know, every good leader that he, he's respected. He's taking a little piece of that and kind of implemented it in how he does things, man. He talks to me all the time about, uh, you know, even some of the some of the ways that I help impact him, and um, you know, always oh, yeah, talks yeah. about Coach Izzo. So he, we, and we have uh, me and him, we have open conversations, and um, you know, we, we talk about some of the good with Coach, some of the bad, or whatever it is, our opinions or whatever. But he has his Coach Izzo's days, you know what I mean? He, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has those days, but. Once again, everybody knows he care about he care about us. He care about everyone, and he takes care of every last one. We got almost nine thousand people, man. He care about him and love him, and would do give him the shirt off his back. And we all know that. So, and everybody you know that that's, that that works with Matt will all run through a brick wall for him because it's the person he is. He answered my um, so, yeah, question, but he does have them coaches on days, though. Okay, so he's becoming more like Izzo. You can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Whatever you, hey, oh, that man. means you're a winner, baby. It is a winner. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. We, awesome. hey, appreciate yeah. you joining us, brother. Love you, man. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, we're happy for you. You just Absolutely. need to get in that locker room and and get them young 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 men going. And uh, we appreciate <laughs> you joining us. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Mateen Cleaves, 17-time All-American, uh, <laughs> first-round draft pick, hung seven banners when he was at Michigan State, and really the architect of the trajectory of the program. So, Mateen, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. Thanks. God bless. Good night Thanks. and go green. Appreciate you. Go green. Go white. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Love you, big brother. You, Love you, brother. Don't let him forget. You. I appreciate y'all. Don't let him forget, baby. No, no. We love you, man. <laughs> man that's awesome. Take care, man. I'll see you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mateen Cleve, join us. I think we're done. Well, I tell you, he's, he's got the million-dollar personality. Doesn't he? His personality? Million, I got oh, this echo man. in my ear. Oh. It's killing me. He's got a million-dollar personality. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Does, love him. Love my team. I mean, I mean, those stories are great. I mean, leadership's built at home with mom and dad. Mom and dad can help. I'm telling you, you're serious. I was great to hear him. That was unscripted. What he didn't get guy. into the what a great guy, choking man. at practice, which we won't talk about. Those are other stuff. Not going to say involved coaches, though. Who's choking? No, nobody. Oh, Bobby just, Knight. Just, we'll have no further comment on the, but it's not Tom Mizzo. Not at all. Ladies and gentlemen. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Knight. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you joining us on Inside the Locker Room. I am your co-host, Brian Masalam, along with my co-host, Jason Strayhorn. Thank you, everybody. Good night and go green. Yep. And Stop. 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 Stop
penetration surge through the middle of that Michigan State first and goal. Outstanding. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.